Connecting Indigenous musicians and artists to the world. Welcome to Indigenous Superstars with your host, Rhonda Head. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show tonight. It's a really, I have a really exciting guest tonight, and I hope, I hope lots of you can can join us and uh, enjoy the the stories of my guests coming up. Today is my 60th show, and I'm really excited to to share Indigenous music and powwow and and fashion and and art art and the art world. Uh, we're, we're coming to you live on YouTube, so please uh, go to my YouTube link and subscribe to my channel. Uh, yeah, th- so, so yeah, get, get, start doing that, and we're also going, going live on Twitter. And I also want to thank the Manitoba, province of Manitoba, for um, granting me the stay-at-home grant. For Indigenous superstars, I got the most equipment, and and I'm working on a new website, so that's going to be coming out pretty soon. And also paying for my uh, podcast. So, so if you want to check out some of the the um, the other episodes, you can just go check on on uh, on the podcast, and and, you, and they're also available on my YouTube channel. So without any for the bio of my next guest and uh, like I said I'm really excited I'm always excited every time I have a guest but this guest I'm really really excited <laughs> so uh, my next guest is Felipe Rose from Asbury Park New Jersey he's the co-founder of the Village People from 1977 to 2017 and a multi-platinum recording artist He's also a TEDx motivational speaker, a five-time Native American award winner, an ordained minister, and and is continuing his successful solo tour, speaking engagements, and personal appearance hot on the heels of his award-winning single, Going Back to My Roots. In 2018, after having sold over 100 million records worldwide, and receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Felipe left the group he co-founded and began a successful solo tour with personal appearances across the United States and Canada. Although there are two groups currently touring, Victor Will's Village People and Kings of Disco with Ray Simpson and Alex Briley, Felipe does not perform with either group. The spring of 2019, saw Felipe reunite with Randy Jones, the original Village People Cowboy, for several Comic-Con and personal appearances. Felipe Rose is presently at work on new music and is available for radio, TV, newspaper, career. His history with the Village People, the heyday of disco, and his latest single going back to my roots please welcome the amazing felipe rose hey, hey. hi Rhonda. how are you thank you for having me i'm doing good it's freezing over here so i'm trying to keep yeah i know yeah i think i saw someone pop rock rock head rock bear rock bear pop that's bear. aaron that's aaron brown Oh, okay. Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. <laughs> so I have so many questions I want to ask you. You had such an amazing career in the music industry, and you were like right in the main, the main, um, uh, how do you say, mainstream music industry, and it, that's so exciting and and uh, so happy that you got to experience that and. And um, with, like your your bio is so impressive with all the um, accolades and, and achievements that you have received. So so um, one question that I'm really wanting to ask is is uh, can you tell us how you got discovered? Oh well, uh, well thanks for that. Uh, 
The, the interesting thing is that a lot of people don't realize that my father is Native American. And he's part Lakota and part uh, Apache. And so that's where in New York City, when I was training as a dancer and a singer, I would I needed I needed to work. I needed, you know, a scholarship doesn't really give you the benefit that you can li live on, doesn't really bestow uh, finances for you to, you know, as a, you know, an apprentice. And so I decided that with my long hair and braided and uh, wearing my uh, French vest and, and my native uh, traditional gear, I would uh, work in clubs in New York City. And it was one, you know, it's, I was at the right place at the right time. Um, in 1977, the late producer Jacques Morali from Paris, France, saw me dancing um, in, in one club. And then like two weeks later, he saw me singing with some other singers. And I was wearing less traditional gear, but still with the hair braided and all that. And he said, wait, this is, there's something here with this guy. I keep seeing him, this young man. I keep seeing him popping up here and there. And so he went, I think it was then like a couple of months later, and he saw me at a club. And during the disco heyday, people would get dressed up to go out and they dressed up in suits and they dressed up, you know, with the, with the, platform shoes and um and the you know the John Travolta style and the hairdos like you know Charlie's Angel with the flips hairdos and all that but then you also had a lot of the club goers that would get dressed in clubs and they would get dressed in whatever they felt like wearing if they wanted to go out like a spaceman or a doctor or a ballerina or in the, like a Pokemon, like we know Pokemon today, what that looks like. But in the disco era, people that you would see all types of people dressed up in in whatever their, their self-expression. And so mine was, you know, showcasing my roots, my biracial roots. And that gained the attention, garnered the attention of my ex-producer. And when he... I'm laughing. I'm thinking about it now. He approached me about the idea uh, that he had for this pop group of only male singers. And he told me about the concept. And I thought it was pretty stupid. <laughs> it just didn't, you know, I thought, okay, so I'm in the middle and there's going to be a, a, a construction worker and then there's going to be a biker and um, and a cowboy. And there was some of the other characters were not filled out yet. So that came a little later. So through auditions, pretty much like American Idol, through auditions in the trade newspapers of uh, backstage and show business, that's pretty much where if you were looking for work, uh either in films, voiceover, Broadway, off-Broadway, you would go there and you would look at the ads. And so it had a, one of the ads was uh, looking for mustache male singers for a pop, for a pop to form a pop band. But basically because there was really no real name for this concept, he was going along, he, as he was thinking about it and, and then writing the first album, because he saw me in the village in New York City, that's where he got the idea of village people. Got it. There's an Indian. And, you know, that's the other thing that we need to clear up that during the times back then, you know, today we say native or we say indigenous, you know, and and back then they didn't they didn't really they just called it it was like raw it was kind of embarrassing to be called oh yeah he's the Indian it was sort of like I would look at people and I I was always I found myself always correcting people but 
you know, then again, those were the times we were not politically correct, as you well know, you know. And also, I found out of my frustration with the uh, with the uh, publicity um, that the record company was putting out, they weren't really explaining in depth who I was. Oh, you know, that's not a character. The others are characters, but this guy is not. He's the real deal. And he was discovered. So that took a while, you know, through through a lot of television and radio. That took a while to explain to people. Um, to say that I've had an extraordinary career, I think it's an understatement, Rhonda, but I really believe I I really don't know where 40 years went. You know, uh, you know the you know the old saying where they say, you know, time flies when you're having a good time. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, you know, we yeah. we toured the world. We toured the world like four or five times in completely around. I had like eight passports that I went through. Wow, that's so amazing! So amazing. That must like such good memories and such uh, being able to perform on all these stages around the world. It's just amazing to hear that. And, and you know, also the other thing that we didn't we didn't have back then that we have now is social media. There was no social media. I can't even imagine if the group was actually born today with all of this social media. I mean, I, I, I really do believe that if the group would have, would have you know, uh, been created when uh, the internet was alive and, and when it began, that probably my life would have had a very different outcome. I live a very normal life, very well grounded. You've met me at the uh, Native American Music Awards, ladies and gentlemen, Rhonda can wear some high heels. <laughs> she, <laughs> loves, she loves her shoes. You do, you do. You're, you're a really good dancer. Very true. Thank you. What's that? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that we met at the, uh, at the NAMIs. That was like, what, four years ago? Around there, yeah. Four years yeah, ago. something like that. Um, and so, you know, our our conversation and our meeting was very intellectual. And um, I found you to be very astute, smart, and not only because you're a soprano singer, which just completely blew me away. And I do have your book, Res Girl. Thank you. <laughs> and I've got your CD and I've got the Christmas song you just put out. Um, awesome. So, you know, and I thank you. Um, so thank you again. So to to kind of bring everything in full circle, as the group kept changing characters, and because I was the co-founder and the president of the corporation of the group, uh, I found myself, uh, do I stay? Do we put in another member? So we, I would put in with 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 the uh, uh, assistant assistance of my other business partners, we would, one member would leave, we would replace that member with another cowboy and then another lead singer. In total of the 40 years, it was four lead singers, three cowboys, three construction workers, and two bikers. So basically the soldier and I were pretty much, were there in full residence. And after a while, I just started realizing that, you know, this thing could probably run till I'm 80. So while I'm in this position, let me uh, create, I, I built a recording studio in Jersey City where I live and um, started writing and collaborating with my ex-producer, uh, ex Frosty Lawson. I just lost him in last August. So he's always with me. And um, when it just got to be too crazy between the road and the recording studio, I shut everything down and I moved south. And I moved and land, ended up uh, moving to Richmond, Virginia. And, oh. that's when I, and that's when the native culture hit me right in the face. It was there front and center. And when a lot of like... Um, several natives that were living down there and that were working with the city. And I went to a few powwows. When they found out that I was living there, then they, you know, they embraced me into the community and uh, the Rappahannock, Rappahannock Nation. 
uh, the Pamunkey. I mean, you know, it's uh, the Lumbee, the Lumbee Nation of uh, down in North Carolina and Cherokee uh, in, in Georgia, the Cherokee Nation. And so I started then, I wanted to come full circle in music, that the best way in the position that I was in to write music, contemporary dance music, but with the flavor of the native flutes, the drumming. And uh, this way I could incorporate the culture with my musical background, pop, dance, disco. And so everything that I would read, I would romanticize. Like for instance, this book is called Trail of Tears. I don't know if you can see it right there. Yeah, can see it. Yeah, yeah, So when I read this book, um, which was the rise and fall of the Cherokee Nation, I decided let me write a song and, of course, call it Trail of Tears, and um, let me send it off to a friend of mine. And so is uh, Stephen Gelfast. He was. Uh, are you familiar with Jana, the singer, Nami yep. Award winner? Yep. Jana. That was his. That was her manager. And and Stefan Gelfas, he was used to manage KC of the Sunshine Band, and we toured a lot with them, as well as with Gloria Gaynor of "I Will Survive" fame. And so nice. basically, Stefan Gelfas heard the song, and he said, "Felipe, this is amazing. Let me. I'm going to send it off to Ellen Bello and Donnie and Donald Kelly of the Native American Music Awards." And so. I said, okay, well, sure, go ahead. Well, when they heard it, they immediately picked up the phone and they said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna send you the submission form. We want you to enter this. Uh, and so it was nominated, I think, for five NAMIs. And and so uh, when I received the ballot, and again, we didn't have it, we didn't have internet. Um, everything was through mail, snail mail, or through, you know, we had, we had the internet, like, you know, AOL, that you remember AOL, we used to log in, you would hear that ringtone. <laughs> and then I, got, I, received, uh, I received the news that not only were they excited and the song was well received by natives, uh, uh, you know, our, our native community around the country, but that they wanted me to open the award show. And I said, uh, well, I don't know if that's possible. I don't have anything prepared. And they said, you can have it, whatever you want. You want dancers? We'll bring you dancers. They brought powwow dancers. They real professional dancers, fancy dancers. So that number that's on the YouTube channel, um, that opening, that was my first solo performance while I was still with the group. So, so I'm going to play that right now. Yay! Hey. Actually, that was the fifth and Native American Music Awards, and then we're up to like what nineteen now.
You know, that, I didn't know the song was that long. It's like, what, like seven and a half minutes. <laughs> but it was so great. Like, there was so much energy going on in the stage, and the dancers are so beautiful, and you're dancing and singing. That was a great uh Oh, great you, you know what I yeah thank you you know what I remember from that evening that um a lot of like the when they introduced me that I was going to be you know they said they uh, the announcement uh was welcome to the fifth Native American Music Awards and uh and now opening the show and they said the name there were some other Native brothers that were sitting back like this like what is this disco dude gonna give us and so when they saw that. Like Mickey Free, who I love, he saw me backstage and he said, oh, my God, I got to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to. <laughs> and he had to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I, I became really good friends with, Keith, with him. Keith. I mean, he's with, got dancers when he's when he's out there performing. Yeah, too. he does. And then Keith Sokol and I became really great friends. I love him. Yeah, I love he's Keith like, he's like my Bob Dylan. <laughs> Kitsa Cole is awesome. I love him too. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, I definitely I definitely want to sing a few songs for you guys. Um the uh the uh Trail of Tears won that evening, best historical recording. And then I followed that up two years later. Uh we're still here. The contemporary story of um of the Virginia, Virginia Indians telling their stories basically. You know, talking about that, yeah, we're here. You don't see us every day, but we're here. We live in Virginia. So that song, again, was nominated and um, it won Song of the Year. And I was and I was uh, in, in direct competition with Derek Miller, who's from Canada. You know, Derek. He's oh, yeah. wonderful. Crazy guy. I love him. So that evening, I thought, okay, when they were making the announcement, I just kind of looked at the, you know, the people that were with me, and I say, he's got this song, and you know, it's his. And then once again, I was surprised, uh, and humbly, you know, uh, I went up there and and accepted the award. So that was my second award. Then the third one was um, about I did a full album on the life of Thomasina E. Jordan, and they used to call her Red Hawk Woman. And she was a spokesperson for the state for the eight unfederated tribes in Virginia. And so we did an album of uh, songs, spoken word, hip hop, and poetry. And then the song won an Emmy as well. And so then I followed that up just uh, uh, two years ago with going back to my roots with Stan Jotty the native hip hop artist and Jan Michael Looking Wolf, the NAMI, uh, NAMI uh, award-winning uh, flutist. So hopefully tonight we can get into a little bit of music. Awesome. We will get into a little bit of music, but there's still more questions I got to ask you. There is? Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to know about your experience getting a star at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Can you tell us about that? That was surreal um, because it was actually my first time going back with the group. I had a really huge, terrible accident on the road um, in Florida where it was a stage accident where I uh, sprained my ankle, got back on the stage the next day and, and did three more shows, uh, three half hour sets, and then uh, fractured a toe and then went to the hospital. When I left the hospital, I, I picked up and caught MRSA. So I was almost, I almost died. Literally. I, oh, so I was out, I was out for a year. And the, the first time going back on a plane was to meet the guys. Um, I convalesced at home and, you know, in the, with a rehabilitation, plastic surgery, cause they were going to cut the foot off. CDC oh said, God. oh, yeah, CDC said, no, 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 get rid of the foot. You know, he'll heal, he'll, he, he'll heal. And uh, Dr. Harold Vogler, the, the leading foot specialist there in Florida, in Sarasota, said, no, this guy's healthy. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to take care of this thing. So they, uh, I was in the hospital for three months. And then finally, when I recovered and I was back walking, 
um, I got on a plane and I went to the star of uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And um, it was uh, sort of a, it, it, it was it was a wonderful feeling because it was, uh, finally the, we received some real serious recognition in the industry and in television, films and recording. And so um, no sooner than I finished that, a month later than the Native American Music Hall of Fame inducted me into the NAMA Hall of Fame. So that was like two incredible months um, in 2007 that uh, I will forever be grateful for and blessed. Awesome. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you for that. So the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, your President Biden passed a uh, he signed an executive order today to allow LGBTQ back into the to the army. Do you want to speak about that? Well, yeah, I think that um, you know, if if they're willing to serve the country and in any country, um, and they can do the job just as much as any soldier can, you know, that they should be, you know, they should have the rights and they should have all the privileges that. Uh, the, the heterosexual world has. And so that uh, was reversed uh, when Trump was in office, but he did so many other things, not just with the LGBT community, but with native rights, land rights, water rights. You know, it, it just like, he was just happy, just signing away, throwing everything back. So this was one of the things that I actually heard about, I think is yesterday. Um, that they were actually reversing that and uh, uh, giving um, uh, LGBT, uh, LGBTQ soldiers, men and women, the full rights status to be uh, in the army, in the services, in the armed services, to to be there as equals with all the other soldiers, which is, you know, it's important. And it's important for your, for your self-esteem, for your morale and for your dignity. Uh, in your life, you know, just like as as natives, you know, that are in this country, now we're very prevalent and we see each other because we now have access to the internet. But before you didn't, I went to, uh, in New York City at the Joseph Papp Theater, um, I went to see uh, Walele, and I forget what other native singer. And so I took some, <laughs> I took some friends with me and they, and one of the guys that was with me said, "Why is everyone pointing with their chin like?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, because they're all natives. They don't point with their hands, you know." And, they, and he looked at me and said, "I didn't know there were that many Indians in New York City and Manhattan." I said, "Yeah, there are a lot of us, you know. But there's <laughs> there's 550 tribes. But mm. that's one thing that I realized that when he asked me, what's with the, what's with the chin?" That one over there. Yeah. And we know the direction where they're pointing. <laughs> yeah, but you know that, that, that there are certain mannerisms that you pick up as native that you can pick up from other natives, not necessarily normal people, straight uh, people that are not Native American. They're, they don't pick up. They might pick up on certain things, but to us, it's like, it's natural. It was just like, oh, instead of pointing with your finger, they're pointing with their chin. That one over there. So, you know, I mean, that was that, that was a really good, I'm glad you, we brought you, we brought that up because that was also a a big LGBT evening. um, And I was happy to attend that as well. Awesome. So I am dying to ask one question. Well, I I'm I'm dying to ask lots of questions, but there's one question that that uh, um, that I really want to ask you. <laughs> Studio Fifty Four, you 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 went there, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that that was you know I was I was actually dancing at Studio Fifty Four as a professional dancer. I should have sent you that picture of me in a King Tut outfit um, for the Earth, Wind and Fire album release of uh, Serpentine Fire or something like that. Um, 
And so I was hired at Studio 54 to, you know, if you were there, you would look around and you would see dancers, some some on stages, on tables, on the bridge. Um, and so that was before the group, uh, like almost a year later when I uh, then uh, was discovered and the group, uh, you know, came out uh, with their first recording and San Francisco Hollywood was playing a lot in the club. So I would always use the backside. I never went in through the front, but I remember that the group, we were booked <laughs> to perform and they went through the front and I'm in the back on 53rd, wait, yeah, 53rd Street. And I would just open the back door and I would tell, you know, and they would say, Felipe, come on in. And so I'm wondering, like, where are the guys? So I said, well, let me go to the front. And then I look and I see Mark is at the front door. He's the doorman. And he would look at people who say, yes, no, you can stay, you can go. And they're trying to get inside. Hey, where are the village people? And they're like ignoring them. And I had to tell Mark, Mark. That's my guys in the band. You got to let them in. So Studios of 54 is very regimented. They were the ones that made the Red Velvet Rope, you know, very popular, you know. And the thing is that they became quick, very, they became famous for the fact that they would turn people away. It didn't matter if they, you were dressing fur coats and diamonds. That was their thing. You could get in, you can't, you can't, you can get in. So it became a, you know, I've got to get in. I've got to be that person tonight to get into the club. Now, mind you, eventually everyone got in, but that was their, their, their little play at the door, which made it very exclusive because you also had a lot of celebrities coming in like Brooke Shields and Michael Jackson, Bianca Jagger, you know, you had a lot of celebrities mingling with the LGBT community. There were drag queens and there were models and, you know, writers. Andy Warhol was always there. In fact, we were taking pictures. I was standing next to him and he was photographing a few people. And I just said, let me, let me, give me your camera. Why don't you get in the picture and, and let me take a picture of you with everyone else. And he thought that that was the most bizarre the uh, thing that anyone would say to him. So he gave me his little camera and I took the picture and, and with uh, Julio Iglesias and all of them. And so he later on told me, I've never taken a picture with with other people. So thank you for that. And that that just goes to show you that he, as talented as he was, he always looked at visually, he was always really admiring everyone else on the other side of the lens. And it was nice that someone asked him, why don't you stand there and take a picture? That's awesome. Okay. I want to show a picture. Uh, and can you tell us about it? Oh my God. Oh my God. I love Cher. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, we were with her on the road for almost a year for the, uh, what was it, I believe? Yeah. Do you believe in love? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that and so, so awesome. uh, back up what? Wait, what's, I'm seeing questions there. People are okay. asking. Uh, yeah, there's somebody here. Jimmy Carter says, I'd love to ask a question. Where can I send it? You can, you can put it on the comments. And then I'll, uh, the, the great thing about the great thing about the great thing about Cher, Rhonda. Um, oh, that was a photo session in a hotel in Miami. The photographer, Brett, uh, Brett, uh, God, I forget his, uh, I forget his last name. He said, "No, stand on the table. I don't want you standing on the standing That's on the nice floor." Job. Yeah, Sorry. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Sorry, I, moved, I, I moved up picture on too fast. What were you going to say about Cher? Oh, Cher was amazing to work with because, um, you know, there were days where she would like stay in a certain city for two, three days. And then, and then, and that way we wouldn't have to travel out right away because a lot of the shows were in stadiums, you know, arena, arena shows. Right. And, um, 
So on like say Thanksgiving, when we were all out together with the lighting crew, sound crew, the dancers, the costume people, village people and everyone, she basically, um, uh, Jimmy Carter, oh yeah, I think he's late with what, what he just wrote. Yeah. So yeah. she would she would rent out the ballroom. She would rent out the ballroom and she would do bingo night. And so she made it fun. She also very generous with with her money. She does things behind the scenes without any attention for the palette. Uh, what is it for the lip for kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Cleft palette. Cleft palette operations. She did that a lot. And in fact, had a lot of children with their families come and attend the shows. Jimmy just asked us a question. He said in 1978, the village people filmed in the Navy on the USS Reasoner. And I read that the U.S. Navy was considering using the song as a recruitment tool. And his other question, um, he said, Pre President, or he made a comment, President Biden signed today signed an executive order to allow transgender people back into the military. And we, we already discussed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then he said, however, when they learn of the group's large gay following, they change their mind. First, is that a true story? And second, that, how do you feel about President Biden's new gender? Well, policy? as I said before, as I said before, I think that it's terrific that um, that the, the this this thing was reversed uh, with what Trump did by you know eliminating and throwing out uh, LGBT transgender people who are willing to serve the country, you know, um, and to have it reversed and let them all return and go back to work. I think it's a beautiful thing, you know. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, and the one beautiful thing about traditional natives in the culture, LGBTQ people are uh, are basically two-spirited people. And you know this. They're very revered in culture, in native culture. They are revered because they care for the children and they care for the elders. So they have a specific role in the native community. They're not tossed aside like this situation. Right. Wait, there's one more photo here I want to show. Thank you for that question. What is my hand doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I don't know. That's a performance <laughs> in Norfolk, Virginia. I was always putting my hands in my in my sway pants and I don't know. I was as thin as a rail. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, what happened to me? I was so young and beautiful. <laughs> You're still beautiful. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that was that. That's thank you for sharing every all your stories. It's been such a pleasure listening to to how how you, your career and how it evolved and the places you got to go and and the accolades that you received and and uh, so you wanna are you ready to perform? Yeah, some yeah, yeah. I definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna do the medley. And right okay. now, fortunately, I'm being a sound man and I'm being a lighting technician because there's no one here but me. Okay. So I hope all you all are enjoying the interview. This is uh, the Mammy Medley. Her soul was pure as the fullest soul. He was warm when our blood ran cold. A dream was true, a message clear. Stand together, my people. And you'll know no fear. To the wind means the great spirit is rising again. Up above the clouds she flies. 
Cherokee Nation, crying for their soul. Huh! 
Next one, yeah. which is uh, 2018. I'll go right back to my roots. How was that? Could you hear? Did it sound Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. 
to the place of my birth, back down to earth, zipping up my boots. Thank you. When I said Jimmy Carter, he's my exec, my uh, executive assistant. He's in oh, Boston, hey, Boston. He's outside of Boston, and and it's not Jimmy Carter, the president. It's just <laughs> Jimmy Carter. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, Jimmy. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Jimmy. Thanks. Uh, there's a few people there, but see, I can't see unless I put on my my reading. Oh, there we go. Oh, I see you now, Rhonda. Um, so do you. Do you have another song for us? I do. Um, actually, you know, you know that the situation with the group ended really badly in, in 2000, 2017. So the split between the two groups was just sad. And um, so I try never to really do this song in public unless it's in a private event. But this is private between us. And so because it's you and Jimmy wants to hear this song and a few other people that are watching, I'm going to do, yes, but first you have to spell it right. Y, M, no, M, not, uh, not this monkey thing, not this monkey thing, M down here, M, C, your other left. Because <laughs> people, they never get it right. You know, they never. Which way? This way? <laughs> right, because people go like this, and when you're watching, my right is your left, your left is okay, my so right. We go, no, see, your other left, that way. <laughs> Once again, allow me to be my sound man again. Jimmy, where are you? You should be here with me. He said Benny is here too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Linda. Here we go, everybody. So if you're sitting at home, get up and do the song with me. Young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man, pick yourself off the ground. I said, young man, because you're in a new town. There's no need to be unhappy, young man. There's a place you can go. I said, young man, when you put on your dough, you can't stay there. Live the walk in, and I'm sure you will find many ways to have a good time. Come on now, do it with me. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. They have everything, but it's everything, but you can hang out with all the boys. Y and C, it's fun to stay at the Y and C. You can get yourself clean, you can have a good meal, you can do whatever you feel. Young man, I was fixing your shoes, I said, I was. Straight upstairs. 
So, you know, I, I, I figured I do. I wanted to do something a little different. You're having too much fun, Rhonda. Is Benny there as well? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was so awesome. You know what I used to dance? I used to dance that when I was in grade six in my in my when we had sock hops. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm sure you ask everyone what was your memory of YMCA, you're probably gonna get a million of them, you know? Oh, it's a great song. Sure, yeah. It was such yeah, a, great a great song. song. And it actually uh was inducted in by the Library of Congress last year at this time, a year ago. Oh wow! Yeah, you know it's such a great song. Yeah, yeah. So and then of course we just got inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Oh, that's so amazing! In December, so in amazing. December. Yeah. So awesome. So um, before we, what is Felipe's favorite R and B song in the seventies? Is that Jimmy, what he's asking me? Jimmy Carter said, "What's Felipe's favorite R and B songs from the early seventies?" Oh my God! Well, through the fire, Chaka Khan, um, play that funky music, White Boy. Um, that's probably the group Cherry, Cherry something. Um, uh, Le Freak Chic, of course. If you were to ask me, Donna Summer, because we were all on the same label. If you would ask me, what's my favorite Donna Summer song? I'm going There are a few, but I'm gonna say on the radio. Oh, I love that song too. It's, it's a beautiful so song. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I wanted to do something different because it captures the the way we all are, where we are, how we're feeling today. And it's a good way to end, you know, our our broadcast. So it's something I've been playing with and I, I want to do it for you guys. I think you heard me sing it a sound check. My cat napping on my what he say. Yeah, that's Aaron. My cat napping I, on my lap, so didn't appreciate me jamming. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you this a little. Bring us back down to a more mellow situation. Okay. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Imagine all the people. Living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us. And the world will live as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. 
You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us, and the world will live as one. Thank you for that. It was beautiful. Thank you. And I figured this is a good way to uh, end, end, end our, our broadcast. And also, it for me, it's the way I feel everyone is right now in this a global consciousness state of mind uh, for a year now, which I can't believe it's been a year, right? I know. Yeah, it's been a year. Been a tough year. Yeah, but sure. we're going to get through it. We're also, those that are still here, we're still blessed. We're still, we'll all still be blessed that we can get through this. Um, uh, join me in a prayer. Okay. Okay. Oh, great spirit, hear our plea. Always bring us back to thee. Give us the wisdom to understand those that need a helping hand. Unveil our eyes so we may see someone less fortunate than we. And if perchance we should fall because we didn't hear you call, Please, before the day goes by, grant us another chance to try. Oh, Rhonda, Hi. thank you. Thank you so much, Felipe, and for this exclusive interview. And and uh, so feel so blessed to have you on my show. And and uh, I just want to say, stay safe out there. Um, social distance, hand sanitize, and wear your mask so we can. That's right. That's uh, right. So you stay can, safe uh, as well. Thank you and I'm much. very proud of your show, 60 shows, and you have managed to give a, a platform to indigenous uh, native artists, to indigenous artists from all over the United States and around the world. And it's great that now there's another platform that they can go, and it's also on iHeartRadio as well. Right. That's right. Well, thank awesome. you, Rhonda. I can't well, wait. So can't wait to hear your next recording. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, so, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Thanks, everyone. So I just want to let you know my next guest is, is Paolo Legend Boy Lad on Thursday. So tune in to hear some really um, uh, amazing stories from the Paolo Trail and, and his tribe. So, and, and Eguse, thank you again for, for tuning in. And thank you Bye -bye. so much for listening. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in again next time when Rhonda interviews another up-and-coming Indigenous superstar, only on Indigenous Superstar.